Hello and welcome to the very first episode of CTO Coffee, a podcast about people in technology. My name is Benjamin Reitzamer and I'm your host. To find out more about this podcast, please visit CTO.coffee. With regards to this episode, I'm very glad that Raimo Rachevsky agreed to talk about hiring and interviewing with me. I consider myself very lucky to have met Raimo several years ago at a Socrates conference and I was so happy when we got the chance to work together at Vamo a company where I've held the role of CTO for several years. Raimo is one of the most compassionate and kind people I've met over the years, which makes it even more fitting to talk about interviewing people with him. He is currently working as a freelancer, so if you need a developer who is also aware of and well-versed in the people side of technology, be sure to get in touch with him. With that said, let's dive right into this episode. Raimo, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your role right now? What do you work on? So I'm a freelancer right now. I work um, as a front-end developer for a pretty young startup um, here in Berlin. Um, and I tend to get involved with a lot of stuff that is that that happens all around the development process itself. So. Um, pretty early into the startup, we were six people, um, and I started doing, um, getting the conversation started about the rituals we want to do, if we want to do Agile, Scrum, Kanban, um, how we want to develop software. Um, and by now, the company has grown uh, to 24 people, and I tend to focus on the front-end team right now, so that's what I'm doing. They're mentoring people. Okay. And so what's, um, as we're trying to talk about <laughs> topic of interviewing people, like in, in the sense of, or in the context of hiring people into a team, into a company, um, how did you, yeah, discover, discover or come across the topic, um, interviewing people? What's, how's that relevant to your job in the company right now? I think it has been relevant for quite some time for me. Um, less sitting on the side of the interviewee and more sitting on the side of the interview, actually. Um, I very much remember when I was, when I founded my company back in 2012 uh, with a few friends, um, and we were starting, no, 2013, um, and we started interviewing people. I did all the bad things um, that you shouldn't do as an interviewer. So, Uh, I made people do whiteboard tests. I quizzed them on aggravations and stuff. Um, it was only later that I discovered that that was a really bad thing to do. <laughs> We all um, learn. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, what struck me most, I think, was um, back then, that was the, the, the biggest um, mind, my mind being blown was um, interviewing with Vamo, I think, after interviewing um for a couple of companies i got to know through a recruiter um and 
like one of one of those companies asked me the interviewer asked me to um well he asked me the literal question what does rest stand for and i started out explaining the concepts of of restful services and stuff so restful architecture and he stopped me in my tracks and said no 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 i was just talking about the abbreviation like what does what do the individual letters stand for and i was like you got to be kidding me right yeah. <laughs> um that was an actual question i still remember that um that was also the the moment that I decided I will not work for this company. Which is, <laughs> yeah, can't imagine. <laughs> that interview was just shitty. Um, no, but Vamo had a pretty um, pretty cool way of interviewing. I think a lot of we, you or or Vamo or everyone involved in the interviewing process back then, did a lot of things right, um, and that kind of sparked my interest. Um, and nowadays. Um, being involved in the software crafters communities um, in Europe, I tend to think a lot about the skills that you need in order to um, be a software developer, be good at your job, um, and also what the companies have to provide. And that's that's sort of the gatekeeper to to companies in general, right? Um, it's it's the gatekeeper to. You mean the interview um, is the gatekeeper. The in- the the interview is the gatekeeper, and the interview process is the is the gate <laughs> on the, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I was thinking how to carry along with that metaphor but um <laughs> um it's it's a two-sided thing right on the on the one hand um you want to you as an interviewer want to present yourself to a company um and the company is totally responsible for setting the mood there and i think the way this interview goes down and how much it is about i don't know um money how much it is about knowledge how much it is about about soft skills whatever um that kind of gives you an insight in how the company is going to be as an employer um down the road um so that, it's been on my mind for a long time and uh with this with the client i had this last year like i said they grew from from six people working in one room to 24 people in a large office um three different development teams um <laughs> lots of discussions about coffee already right so a, a large company a, a, or a large a large small company so to say um and hiring in this market in berlin um is difficult and um i was more or less asked by the cto to to do the technical interviews at some point and that was that was the nice thing about this client they gave me full control over everything mm-hmm. related to that so they basically said, um, you're free to do whatever you want to do. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going yeah. to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do just that. Uh, I need a co-working space, a conference room, uh, water drinks, and the permission to use the production code base as a coding exercise. Is that all right for you? And they just said yes, and so we went along with it. Um, so I've been basically hiring or doing the technical yeah. interviews for them. That was um, what sparked my interest in the last few months. Yeah, it sounds sounds very interesting. Maybe you can also like um, give give a short des- description, like how how does your process of interviewing how does what do you consider a good interview right now um, that you did, or how would you <clears throat> how does an interview has to look like so that afterwards you feel like okay you've did a good one you did a good interview i think the less nervous the person leaves the building the better the interview went 
as a as a measure of thumb. So I think you're always nervous when you enter the when you when you come to an interview. Um, there's no way around that, but making it as pleasant as possible for the interviewee, I think, is 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 crucial to an interview being a success. That doesn't mean you have to you have to be too comforting to them or whatever. Um, it just means you have to accept that this is a this is an exceptional situation for them. Stakes are high. The the complete risk is with them. They need to present themselves most of the time. I do think companies should sell themselves to 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 potential employees, but that's a completely different thing. But that situation, you only encounter that every other year, every 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 so often, right? As an um, as an interviewee. As an interviewee, um, even as an interviewer, I, I remember how nervous I, I I am nervous as an interviewer as well because I think what what are you what are you going to do if the if this happens or that happens, right? And I can. I mean, I can a little bit imagine, but I haven't been in that situation for quite some time now. Um, I can barely imagine how it would be for the interviewee. So making it a pleasant experience, no matter what happens, I think is is crucial. I, I, from from a human point of view, I, I of course, to totally agree. And um, bear with me. I mean, you know that um, we, we both agree on on what you just described and that I'm very much on, on your side there. But um, the way you put it right now, I was wondering, okay, um, let's make the interviewee as, as um, comfortable as, as possible. But what's, what's in for the company for that? Like, how does that make, how does a interview in which the person being interviewed feels comfortable um, how does that make it a successful interview for the company who that once, yeah, in quotes, <laughs> wants something from the person being interviewed? What are your thoughts on that? As an interviewee, uh, interviewer or as the company, um, it gives you a much better insight into how that person is working, how, how that person interacts, how they, how they approach problems. Um, if they are in a situation that is not too stressful, so I think the 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 interview is probably one of the most stressful situations you'll have in a job ever with a company. Um, the the beginning and the end maybe right, um, and that doesn't that doesn't reflect on your your daily work experience at all. It doesn't it doesn't. It doesn't map from one situation to the other. What you want to see, I think, what I want to see is people thinking about problems, um, seeing how they how they they present it with a with a task, of course. Um, the task may may be simple. Um, it might not be easy though for them. They might not know the tools, so they gotta approach. I want to I want to see them how they approach the problem, and um, if you're in a if you're completely, if you're overly excited, if you're nervous, um, you can't think properly. That's me right now trying to articulate myself while recording my first podcast. That's kind of kind of hard to uh, to focus on the on the main points I want to bring across. Right? <laughs> and that's <laughs> I can yeah, totally literally we're in an interview situation right now. <laughs> Just then, not not a hopefully not yeah. a, not a single job is waiting on the other I side. I can totally. No, no, there's nothing at stake for me except my self-esteem. But um, <laughs> the, the way you put it right now, 
I think the company probably has an interest in making the interview, the person being interviewed, as comfortable as possible, because that way they probably um, get a more honest view on the on those people. Mm -hmm. Like they they can see how they interact, like honestly with the team members of the company. They can see how they probably um, in, interact in a in a somewhat simulated real world a real world development situation like when with a pair, pair programming interview or something like that so it's probably pretty much that the company wants the people being interviewed in a comfortable position so they can see better see who they like really are i agree i think you can never be you can never perfectly match uh, or simulate a real work real work situation yeah. right um you'll never have this coming in on monday doing planning um then sitting down and start working um you always have in an interview this power imbalance with someone coming to you to 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 land a job basically so it's it's never going to be exactly how how day-to-day -day work is going to look like but you can at least try to make it happen that way so i've been postponing this blog post for quite some time about pair programming in, in interviews um maybe you give a little bit context about that blog post <laughs> right uh that content that that blog post came up when i had my um i came up with that idea for the blog post just right after having this first having interviewed the first candidate on um, for that client and i wrote up some some basic ideas about how i approached this wrote up the letter the the email i sent as an invitation um i think that one is particularly really important i i know myself and how i would love to know next to everything about the situation like i, I like to be in control so i, I want to hear everything about where's the room that's going to where it's going to happen um how do i find the entrance what laptop are we going to work with uh yada yada, yada and so on and I, I wrote down this the, the the notes and i well put it up on twitter and asked you for feedback that was kind of my mistake <laughs> uh in terms of the issue is still there and it's still open on the on the repository you came up with so much good input on that um they kind of I got back to thinking about this a lot and reading about this a lot. Um, and the blog post grew and it's it's now more or less more like three blog posts. Medium published their interviewing handbook in the meantime, ran some really good sessions on that on at, at Socrates, Germany. So so the, the the problem space just kept expanding. Yeah. Right? So it's it's like um yeah, yeah it, it just grew. Um kind of distilling this now. And I started off with pair programming because I thought that was the most humane way of doing interviews. Um, there's best case is two, per, two people sitting next to each other collaborating. And then you go from there and then you make this, then you add the interview bits to it. Um, that was my way of thinking. And now that you said this, the problem space kept expanding. Um, I'm maybe, maybe let's try one thing because exactly because of that, because the problem space let's just keep that word of interviewing um is so so huge so large and there are so many different ways so many different opinions about that let's try to make make it a little bit easier and also s simplistic maybe but what's what what do you think is the most important skill or the most important behavior 
of the person running the interview on behalf of the company. So don't give me empathy. <laughs> That's too easy. <laughs> That's too easy, right? Um, it's it's the general yeah, answer that yeah. is always right. <laughs> Uh, um, still doesn't help anyways. I think that's easing the tension of the interview is probably um, the one skill that is most important on the interview itself. Like um, coming over friendly, not not too judgmental or not judgmental at all, best case. I like that. Just re removing the whole being frightened about uh, you, meet a new, you meet new people and the first thing you have to do is sell yourself to them. That is, that is an awful predisposition and easing that situation. One thing that I also learned um, is the problem is always too hard, um, probably, or you'll always find stuff that you didn't imagine was hard, but turns out it is because the interviewee might not know a particular library or so or a, a particular way of programming. So adapting to, to a change in situation. So Turns out your 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 task is way too complicated. What do you do? How do you how do you yourself not don't get nervous? How do you um, keep the situation, keep the whole interview, a calm and 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 easy conversation between two people? I think that is that is a very important skill. Yeah, I, I like that very much because yeah, based on kind of assumption that what you said earlier that it's important to to make people feel safe and so on and then. Yeah, it kind of follows that this is the most important skill to to make people feel safe and welcome and hopefully as not as nervous as they could be. Do Do you have any like magic tricks up you up up your sleeve where you say that's the icebreaker um, or that's a way to to ease people into a larger room with several team um, members? Um, they get to know not so much i tend to um i tend to meet the people outside <laughs> so just before they enter the building before they try to find their way around uh an office space um i, I catch them outside and mostly they catch me outside smoking um but that's kind of on purpose so I'm, i'm standing outside and we meet each other and we get talking that's still a small talk situation there and then we would go upstairs And they meet people, and I'll always, I'll more or less try to be at their side most of the time, just to, just for them to have someone to relate to or to talk to. And should there anything, should there be anything? In the in the best sense possible, trying to be their buddy for the time. I I was I was hesitant to say that, but it's it's kind of true. I don't want to fake anything, right? Um. So my my compassion is most definitely an honest one. I, I can relate to their situation, so I, I can make the best out of it for them and try to ease my tensions as well. So I'm, I'm nervous as well when it comes to this. So I can, I can totally see that. And having a friendly voice over there that, can, that will talk to you. And I think it also, I, I like to think that it also helps that I'm a freelancer not employed with the company. So there's, I don't have too much incentives, but that might be a completely different thing. I, I've not too much... Um, an incentive to sell the company to the interviewee. I can vouch for them and I can tell them about the process, but from a standpoint where I have some some distance. As as an outside person, as a yeah, I mean, in that sense, you're an external consultant. Your exactly. stake in the company is smaller than than if you're the CTO. Exactly. And I think I get your point, and that's 
um, I, I agree that that might help um, in establishing that kind of kind of buddy status or in, in establishing some kind of trust. But but then again, the company or whoever from the company joins the interview or has that role that you just described has to trust the person being interviewed as well as um, vice versa. The interviewee um, has to trust the company in, in to some degree, <clears throat> otherwise it wouldn't make much sense that they talk to each other and try to work together. It's true. But there might be there might be another point there. As a technical interviewer, you shouldn't have too much power over the whole decision, right? I, I tend to make that clear very early into this into the interview that what what I'm going to what my insights are going to have an, as as an effect, right? So what, what am I going to? I don't need to make it a secret about what I'm going to look for and what I'm going to tell people, right? Um, or what I'm going to tell to 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 the um, HR people's department, whatever. I can be pretty upfront about, hey, I'm looking how, about how we approach problems. I'll try to write stuff down. Um, I will not note down negative stuff. I will, of course, write down negative stuff. But if you see me writing, um, think about, like, just imagine it's mostly positive. Um, that's what I try to do. Making it more understandable what is, what is expected, right? What is, what is the expectation right now? What is, what is Raimo looking for in the next hour? Um, making the process a little bit easier, just knowing about what is what is going to come and what what this person has of an influence, right? Just starting the conversation with, "Hey, um, you don't need to convince me about you being worth money. I don't. I'm I'm not involved in any salary negotiations. Um, I might gauge your my impression of your uh, maturity level, but that's probably biased, and there's way too less indicators." after one hour of pairing anyways. So um, I'm not too involved in that. You need to talk to other people about the benefits. So <laughs> I'm, I'm only here to do some, to seeing how you work, how we could work together, right? Putting that out there is probably easiest, or manages expectations. Yeah. Yeah, I also think that's that's very, very important to yeah, manage expectations towards the person being interviewed, but but also, and I think that was one of the feedback points um, towards that um, blog post of yours, that it's important to discuss the expectations within the team or towards your CTO. Like, what is your impact? Is it um, you as the person doing the interview? Is it expected of you that I don't know, just some random number that your um, interview is going to be like 80% of the of the decision um, of the person being hired or not. And or is it less or is it more? Or how do you how do you communicate your 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 judgment about the um, about the interview? How how did it go? How do you um, and there I think it's very important that one makes interview um, notes during the interview. Um, the most pleasant experiences, um, interviewing experiences I had myself always involved the other party um, making notes and giving me the, the, the feeling they really care about the details and they really um, yeah, have a thought out process about 
how to how to make the interview, how to make the decision, not how to make the interview, but how to make the decision. Right. So I like that. Of them pay, paying attention, right? Yeah. Yeah, pay, being, paying being paying aware of what is happening, and not just like three people afterwards getting into a room and doing a thumbs up, thumbs up or a thumbs down. Like, yeah, I like that person. Yeah, they were nice. Like, that's that's not a not a good. Right. That's not a good. That's my gut feeling. How's your gut feeling? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that that's asking yeah. for trouble. Yeah, yeah, and and writing <laughs> um, stuff down, writing your observations down. Observations is way better word than judgment. Um, is makes makes much more sense and makes also at least lays the groundwork for and you already used that word lays the groundwork for reducing bias without um writing down your observations while interacting with an interviewee i think it's quite impossible to yeah thoroughly combat your biases or one's biases so i um, so i think that's a very very important part for an yeah, that's that's the, the <laughs> that's probably the evil uh, thing about unconscious bias. You don't notice it, right? Um, I I do I do see. I, I I totally agree to start with that. The notes should be. That's that's my impression as well. If you if you wait a day, you lost most of the interesting insights, and you probably um, your your mind probably added a few where they shouldn't be. It's it's interesting to see though writing down those notes and looking at them afterwards and, and comparing them to to what you're thinking right now because most of the time that's it's not exactly the opposite but there are small small differences that you that you kind of exaggerated in your mind in the meantime that's been a real eye opener going going back or um, whenever I usually I meet the CTO afterwards and maybe a day afterwards and then I look at my notes and. I, I recollect the, the 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 interview itself, and it, the focus changes. So my, my 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 focus on on things changes between remembering something and experiencing something so much. Um, it's ridiculous, really. <laughs> what I'd be curious is um, about is what do you think about sharing those notes with the interview right afterwards? I'm I'm. That's a good question. I haven't thought about that before. So yeah, it's it's a gut reaction right now. I don't think it's a good idea because um, due due to t simply time constraints. I mean, you interact with the person while writing stuff down, so your notes are probably very very terse, um, very compact, and so they are more like. Um, helpers for reminding yourself about certain details and okay and so i think at, at, at least in that raw form which drop which yeah drops out at the end of directly after the, the interview they're very not very approachable by another person let alone the person which <laughs> yeah about which those notes are <laughs> so um, there, there would be a lot of a lot of potential for for misunderstanding. I mean, just think about those classic, yeah, performance review notes where somebody judges you, where somebody conveys observations about you, and very often they they can be 
very, very easy to misunderstand. And so I think that point doesn't go away much, even when you would take the time to like distill the notes and make them more, more, yeah, better, better understandable by some, some third person or the second person, the person being interviewed. So I guess it would be nice for the person they they are certainly interested in that but i guess it's very very hard to get right i i tend to agree um still um what i did in the past was um sharing at least a positive impression that i had yeah no matter what it is so i i wouldn't say hey yeah. you were fast in solving this yeah. but i liked how approach how you did how you approach this and that i liked how you navigated this i liked how you discovered the problem something like that there's always something that you could find something nice to say yeah yeah that that's certainly great and that's um really good good practice um because it also helps to for the person to to end the interview at some point then um with a positive feeling i can imagine it being hard though to to give more feedback right afterwards to the interviewee than just some yeah positive in, in impressions because it's i think you you would have to take care of that it doesn't yeah end or it doesn't lead to some some kind of defense or the person being interviewed feeling defensive and wants wants to wants to explain exactly. things um, to you and wants yeah. to explain their point of view so that's that's probably not the discussion you want to have at, at an interview i agree I think we're um, approaching the end already, but um, so I would still have one last question, which which is like looking looking back or some, somewhere in the middle of, um, of our little chat here, um, you said something along the lines of that. Yeah, there's so much to learn um, about the overall topic of interviewing and hiring and and all that, and um, you've learned a lot and. You've made mistakes in the past, my, myself included. I'm, I also did a lot of mistakes just, yeah, just re recently, but that's a um, different topic. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that was a little squirrel. Could have shared that afterwards, please. <laughs> anyway, my, my question being is looking, <laughs> looking back over what you learned over the last months year i don't know um about interviewing what would you say is like the most non-obvious thing or the most obvious error that you did in the past what's the most non-obvious thing that you learned over the last time the most non-obvious thing i learned tough one <laughs> I don't think one we discussed earlier. <laughs> Evil. Good time. <laughs> Gotta edit that out later. It's going to be... Yes. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> That's going to make for a good uh, advertisement break. Now I'm choking on this one. I think um, what surprised me is... And it's surprising that it surprises me because... Uh, we've been we've been doing coding exercises in Berlin with the Software Crafters Meetup for years now, and it still surprises me how long it takes 
to approach the simplest task you could possibly come up with, the most simple tasks, if you put people under, under pressure. So I remember I, I, looking back at the interviews, I've seen the coding exercises becoming much simpler each time I was asked to interview someone. And making up for that and trying to, try, trying to find an exercise that is still meaningful, that still is uh, a problem that helps you understand how the interviewee approaches a problem, but still being something that you can solve in the matter of, or that you can at least sufficiently unravel in the matter of one hour or maybe one and a half hours. That was certainly a surprising insight that you still need to simplify the problem. So what, what, I, what I said earlier is that I, that I love to use production code. That's kind of my expectation towards myself, um, writing code that is easily understandable. But on the other hand, I, I found myself deleting a lot of aspects of, of distracting aspects just to come down to, to boil the problem down to a very simple one, where all you need to do is find your, find your way around the, the problem so you, you come up with a simple filtering exercise on the front end that's touching the state mechanisms and it's touching the, the UI as well, maybe some event handling. Um, and you want to boil that down to really the simplest part, the most simple aspects of it. You don't want to have, you don't want to mess with layouts or, or build chains or something like that. You want to really focus on the problem itself because that one, you know, even if, it's, if it means filtering something by the value of an attribute, is going to be an exercise that is completely sufficient for an interview. That might be a good insight. But now that I started talking, that's how it works with me, um, I start talking, I start making my mind up about things. The, well, a, a frightening dis discovery for me a little bit or um, was that no matter how, how friendly I was or, or compassionate I came, uh, I, I'm, I, I presented myself, I'm still in control of the situation. I still have, I'm still more or less in a, situ in, a, in a position of power and people can't, and should, of course, should not forget that. But I try to make up for a cozy situation. And there, there was one interview that just went on for two and a half hours because I kept it going, not because I'd called, I, mostly because I didn't call it quits. So after, after one and a half hours, I was asking, hey, shall we continue? completely ready for someone to say no but as an interviewee you of course say yes right let's continue so that that's been a mistake i made in the past that i will definitely never do again time boxing this interview really really setting the timer and if the timer goes off you close it down and that's not a bad thing no one has to finish in an interview it's one and a half hours that you share with another person and just because you're having fun as an interviewer doesn't mean the interviewee is having fun or as as, as more mental exactly capacity to to exactly. continue um like like you do maybe exactly uh, i like that a lot then while you were thinking i was also thinking about the question <laughs> i didn't <laughs> i didn't come up with a ready-made answer but yeah the power imbalance and that that there is a power imbalance that there's and this concept itself um i also only learned about it in over the last years less than five years so that's and that it that there is a power balance uh, imbalance in in such a situation as a hiring interview sounds sounds simple and yeah of course a lot of people probably argue yeah of course in a um seller's market like the um 
technology, job markets, um, the power imbalance is more uh, inclined towards the developers. But I, I think that's not always the case. There are, of course, some very, very senior people, some very experienced people who've done a lot of interviews, who've worked at a lot of companies, and they might be very comfortable in, in, in their situation and they might self-confident you know, yeah, and very self-confident they probably feel that they're the person in power in this situation but um i don't think that's um yeah that's a judgment or that's something that can be generalized that is that is a really important point to make um of course with a certain with a certain confidence about the subject and your own skills and maybe maybe uh, <laughs> uh, unrighteous self-confidence. That can always be Dunning-Kruger is totally a thing, right? They, they, of course, you can make up for that. And I can see that on that level, interviews are going down completely different, more like a conversation. Um, maybe you, you're well-connected and you know the person you're interviewing with. That, that sort of makes the interview much more a conversation between equals. Right, maybe even yeah, <laughs> yeah, between equals basically, um, but it completely ignores the fact that junior developers or less well connected people, inter intermediate skills, people who aren't, aren't that well connected, maybe people who had a lot of experience in one particular language and now yeah. try to or people with with caring obligations, be it for kids or for their parents or for their spouse or whatever. They might still be very much, um, yeah, reliant on on a new job in order to, um, yeah, have more time, um, be more flexible, get more money, or whatever. So also again, yeah, power yeah. imbalances. Yeah, yeah. There's much more at risk for those. Um, much more at stake. Uh, to make this like this is a tweetable sentence, but I think um, self confidence is the least important thing to look for. When hiring okay, someone, so that's right? that's gonna be so tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about rockstar developers. I don't want to hear about people being overly confident about their skills because most of the stuff we're doing is not rocket science, and most of the stuff we're not we're doing is we. we everybody of us will still make mistakes and, and and screw up, and there's no point in 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 looking for people who claim otherwise. That's not not saying that you want that that those people should fall on the table, right? No, no, not not at all. But this shouldn't shouldn't influence your decision too much, right? I remember me being a freshman in university in in a, in a um, I was studying something that is only related to computer science, so I was one of the more proficient programmers. And well, I guess what what I thought about myself and my coding skills, right? Well, that's my filter bubble right there. <laughs> Um, and the software crafters community did their thing to convince me otherwise. <laughs> it was huge back then. Uh, a very humbling experience. And you, everybody can have that. But if someone presents like that, it shouldn't have. You should try to to not have that influence your decision. To yeah, but I, I could really go on because that brings me to, to a lot of other aspects one should consider when, when doing interviews. But yeah, we, we already spent quite quite some time and we don't put too much strain on the ears of our users or listeners, sorry, listeners. So yeah, thanks 
a lot for your time, Raimo. That was great fun. And everybody who wants to get to know Raimo a little bit more um, can check out his website and Twitter profile, which will be in the show notes. So yeah, thanks a lot, Raimo. And Thank you, hope to have you again at some time, point in time. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Thank you as well.